Time now for another edition of Snap Tackle Pod. I am Mick Schaefer in my uh, abode while um, Jan Clouseau of Preps KC is at the uh, International Studios of Preps KC. Yes, the, the lavish studio headquarters here that we have. Lavish. That the other side looks a lot like my basement. <laughs> very similar. <laughs> very similar. But it's headquarters. Yes. Uh, World headquarters. Uh, absolutely. Hey, thanks for uh, being a part of this podcast. And it's week five. I guess, of the uh, football season in Kansas City, week five on the uh, Missouri side, week four on the uh, Kansas side. But as always, it could be week two or week one or week three or week four, <laughs> depending on, on how you've handled it in your district and your state and all that stuff when it comes to COVID in 2020 and high school sports in Kansas City. Um, let's start with that first here, and we'll just hit on it briefly here, Dion. Uh, once again, a, a few games this week going to be altered by it, but Kind of the one good thing is, and we saw it with Mill Valley this week, losing its game with, with Lawrence, but there's Gardner Edgerton right there to pick up. Um, there are other schools in that boat. It seems like if you have a game canceled and it's not because of you with the COVID, there are other teams in that boat where you can you pick up a game right away. Well, yeah, and that's, uh, that's kind of been the fun thing. And, uh, you know, ADs like to schedule out years in advance if they can, especially at college level. They'll do it out five, ten years. And now you're finding out that, hey, you pick up the phone, make a phone call, they'll go find a game and, you know, you get a couple days to prepare and you just go out and you play. And it allows coaches to maybe focus on themselves as much, you know, no, it's sometimes they don't know they're going to have a game on Monday or Tuesday, uh, and then they get a game on Wednesday. It allows them to just focus on themselves and what they do, and then you go into the game and you adjust during the game. It, it, it shows who the coaches are who are good at adjusting in-game uh, because they don't have a week to prepare. And some, some guys are better at the week to prepare, and some guys are better in the game. Uh, it's fun, though. I mean, it's crazy. I, you know, we sit here and every week and try and, you know, change things up. And I've got a, the schedule update page on my, on my spot and, and on, my, on my site. And, and I try and keep it up to be, as best I can. And, you know, I, I assume that Mill Valley would be at Gardner because I think – I don't know why I did, but uh, I, I guessed wrong on that. And Coach Appleby set me straight. He, he sent me a text. He's like, sorry, I was in a meeting. And I'm like, well, Joe, it's not your job to text me. <laughs> And let me know all the instant changes that are going on. So, no, it's it's a little crazy. But uh, I know you and I had texted on Saturday night because we were hearing rumors about the Mill Valley uh, and Lawrence situation. And uh, we both said it seemed a little early for COVID. COVID yeah. cancellations is usually a Monday, Tuesday thing. Well, that's, that's a good thing, too, is that people are kind of more hit to it now. And you can tell, okay, if you have somebody in, in your program right away and you know the protocol – uh, good, on, good on Lawrence for letting yeah. Mill Valley know and, and saying, hey, here you go. you got six days to find a game, and they found one within within one day. Yeah, and, that, you know, like, uh, you know, Gardner was open this week. Um, I think in next week, originally Shawnee Mission Northwest and, and was open, and Aquinas wasn't open, and, but then they ended up dropping uh, CBC because CBC still has yet to play. Uh, and so they picked up Shawnee Mission Northwest and, and, and Aquinas next week. Yeah. Uh, this week, Blue Valley Southwest is open. The Blue Valleys are kind of just staying amongst themselves, so I don't know how yeah. available they would be right. to hook up with somebody. But uh, now you've got – you see St. Thomas Aquinas playing Raytown this week. Yeah. You see Lawrence Free State playing Lee Summit North this week. So there's some, there's some kind of fun, interesting games out there that really kind of um, allow teams to see somebody different. And, and I think teams may be more prepared for the playoffs this year because they're not just seeing the same teams over and over. We, we've had so many just kind of so many more uh, interstate matchups between Kansas and Missouri at Kansas and uh, Arkansas. And then we've seen, you know, big boys play, play little boys just because teams need games and it's created some fun matchups and, and um, that the Mill Valley 
Lawrence matchup was going to be like the number one team in 5A against the number one team in 6A. That's not going to happen, uh, but that's fine. As we mentioned, the, these, these teams picked up games. Uh, let's, let's talk about the Missouri side here, the much-anticipated release, uh, release of the, um, <laughs> the new classifications. When do those usually come out, Dion? Uh, well, it used to come out in, in April. That was the, kind of the thing for the longest time. And, and I wrote my column this week about how I could never understand how Kansas could count on a, a Wednesday in September and three weeks later release their classifications. Missouri would do it about the same time and take six months to get it done. Yeah. Uh, but then they switched up a, a couple years ago and they went to releasing them in August, uh, about a week before the season started. And what that did is there were schools that were struggling and deciding if they wanted to go eight-man trying to figure out what they wanted to do. You know, even some schools in the class two and class three, if they're going to kill, still have football and what their situation was, it allowed schools to, to kind of have the spring and summer to figure out where they were. And I think what it, it, originally the plan was is to keep them from having just openings in districts. Uh, so they were able to, you know, put things and so teams knew who they were going to play. Well, that's how exactly it was done the last two years. Uh, COVID hit. And so teams didn't, weren't necessarily playing. Uh, hadn't started their seasons, so they kind of backed it off, backed it off. They came up with the alternate spring season. They allowed teams to kind of make that decision. And by um, last Thursday, the 17th, they had to make the uh, decision of, are we going alternate spring or fall? About 12 to 15 schools said, we're going to go alternate spring. Most of those were inner city schools, uh, a few Catholic schools in St. Louis. That, that's pretty much the group, like a Bishop DeBorg and a Cardinal Ritter, along with, uh, you know, the Ritners and the Normandy, you know, Vachon, those kind of schools uh, in, in St. Louis. But then a, a lot of them held back, and, and there's kind of a staring contest between the county executive and, and some school districts, and they don't know if they're going to play um, the Rockwood School District, which is Eureka, and some schools like that. They're going to try and go outside the county and play games. So those schools that did not go alternate spring are still in the fall. They got put into districts. You know, they got put into the classifications and districts. All they have to do is step on the field, play a game, and they can go and play in the playoffs or be ranked <laughs> for yeah. someone who does the rankings. So it's interesting because there's some districts in class six and class five and, and, and I think one in class four that are missing chunks of their district right now that aren't playing. Uh, yeah. And they hope to fill those in. But, no, it's exciting to see. And really, with the, that's just the COVID-related situation. There were changes that were, gonna, that were already being made in Missouri before that. They were going away from the, the overall multiplier for charter and private schools and going to a success multiplier. Well, that changed things. So uh, if your school, and I'm not trying to pick on St. Pius, who hadn't won a district title in a while, you, you would go with just your regular enrollment, and then you would be in with the schools you would be. If you're a school like Valley Catholic, if you're not familiar with Valley Catholic, just go look up Class 1 champions in Missouri, uh, and you'll see Valley Catholic's name a lot over the last 20 years, and even in the last 10 years, probably five titles or six titles uh, they've won. So they went from class one to class three. I think they'll compete in class three. They're ranked like fifth in class three right now. Um, so that was the first thing they did. The next thing they did is they had a rule that said you couldn't be in a classification where you had tw more than twice your enrollment. So if you had 300, you turned in 300 for your nine through 11. That's how they count in the spring. Nine through 11 enrollment. You couldn't be in a, in a, in a class with somebody who had 700. So it's trying to keep things closer together in the yeah. competition level. Not as big for football. That didn't really affect that many teams. And then the, the third factor was a change from going the biggest 32 and then going 64 and one, 64 and two, 64 and three, 64 and four, and whatever was left over would be in five. As, as just as not that long ago and say five, six years ago, five was up to 50, 16. Yeah. And we were kind of angling towards, will they have to go to seven classes? 
Well, then times have changed. And five was 36 teams last year and not a good 36 teams either. It was very watered down, wasn't a great class. Uh, and, and so not because of the competition level, they went to the change. So they kept the biggest 32, which is your class six. They took 20%, which was left, put it in class one, and then spread the remaining four classes out evenly as best they could, following the other rules that they had in terms of doubling of, of things. So that's how they got there. I made the joke a few weeks ago to Jason West over at Misha and said, oh, I got pretty good at predicting who was going to be in what class. You guys changed up the math on me so that I, I couldn't figure it out anymore. But no, it's with, that, with all of those changes, you saw a lot of class four teams who were right on that line go to class five. And the biggest one is Web City, who everybody and their brother has said forever, I can't believe they're not class five. Well, guess what they are. But guess who went along with them? Uh, Grain Valley, quarterfinalist in class four last year. Black County, finalist against Webb City in Class 4 last year. Ledoux, who's not playing, state champion and finalist two years before that uh, in, class, in Class 4. So the heavy hitters of Class 4 went up to a, a not deep Class 5, so they're automatically players up there, which just shows that there's not that much difference sometimes between Class 4 and Class 5. And we just had Platte County play North Kansas City last week. Hey, North Kansas City is a very good Class 5 team, a team last year good enough to go deep into the playoffs. They lost to Staley, who lost in the semifinals to Jackson. And North Kansas City beats them by a touchdown. That just shows that where you're at. I mean, I think that you have all those schools, you know, North Kansas City, Raytown, uh, Staley in the past, so they're struggling right now. Fort Osage, they're struggling right now, are joined by Grain Valley, Platte County, and, and Webb City in that class four. And it just makes that much stronger. So, you know, Maryville comes up from two to three. They've been kind of, a lot of the schools like center that had been on that three, four line, they go up to four. Uh, so it's, it, you know, we've got everything out of prepskc.com. You can take a look and see, yeah. uh, but it's, it's, it, it's, uh, it's interesting to, to go through and see, and, and it's, it's going to be fun. Class five is going to be deep and good, and it's going to be tough to get out of the area. Uh, it also opens up some, you know, class four, there was a district that had Platte County, Smithville, Kearney, uh, Excelsior Springs, St. Joe Lafayette. Well, a few years ago, there was like seven out of the eight teams had winning records in that district. That opens that district up a little. There's some of those districts that were just brutal in classes are a little easier. That being said, Webb City and Carthage, the class four and five champions from last year are in the same district down in Southwest Missouri. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, that's amazing. It's funny. Um, you mentioned St. Pius there and how they would benefit from a multiplier. And, hey, they're, they're taking this season by, by the rain so far. I mean, beating Maryville last week, 4-0. I think they only won three games last year. Anthony Simone's got the Warriors up and running here. Yeah, no, they they really they were a young team last year, and, and they really the there's a big enthusiasm with them, and I think their numbers are up too. Uh, and they're the proof's in the pudding. They're they they came out and, and first week and got a good win over Pembroke Hill, and they've carried that through. They've beaten some you know like they beat a Cameron team that people go oh Cameron's not that good. Cameron's better than they have been, and they beat Maryville, and it wasn't like a close. I mean, it was a two touchdown game most of the night, and they just kind of hadn't beaten them in 19 years. So, I mean, that goes back to the early 2000s when they were winning state championships. And so, um, I don't know how far they're going to go. They, they, the Midland Empire is not as strong as it has been. Um, St. Joe Lafayette's not as good. Uh, Savannah has, is, was pretty good last year, but they um, only played two games with COVID. Chillicothe is way down. Um, so, you know, there's, there's some teams that aren't as good as they've been, so they may not, which actually is for, for St. Pius is not a bad thing. 
a lot of times if you were a smaller school in that league, you get beat up by the Marybills and those class four teams. So coming out of that league and maybe not being beat up, but maybe getting some good games is going to be good for them. So St. Pius is really one of the better stories of the early season. Um, looking ahead here in a few weeks, are we on a collision course for uh, Liberty and, and Ray Peck meeting, uh, I think, in the middle of October here? Yeah, I think we are. That, that being said, they've games. all got tough games. They all have tough games ahead of them. They, do, they yeah. both played Liberty North, so they've got that out of the way. They both played Lee Summit North. So they, they both have got those out of the way. Ray Peck's got Lee Summit West this week is one of our REMAX big three games. So they've got to get that one out of the way. Blue Springs seems to have found something. Uh, and I think it's basically they're running the ball. they got a big offensive line. So, you know, they, uh, Liberty still has to play them down the line. So there's that. There's some, there's some landmines out there for both of them that they're not focused. Um, but I think we're definitely looking at right now they're ranked one and two, Ray Peck's one and Liberty's two. So uh, it's, it's definitely a, a situation where those two teams – and they're playing the best. And that's – they've come out of, the, out of the box better than anybody else. And uh, we'll see how they go. They've, they've been, uh, from what I can tell, pretty much injury-free to the certain extent. I mean, no, they haven't lost anybody major. And that's – hey, that's the name of the game when you go through the Suburban Gold and they go through – and, and, of course, this year they're in different districts. Liberty, Liberty North. Um, they go with Blue Springs and Blue Springs South and Park Hill, where Ray Peck and the Lee Summit schools go south with Joplin and Nixa. They'll meet up in the semis, but they all don't have to worm their way through. But Ray Peck Rockers goes south with, with those schools. Um, EKL kind of starting up uh, the last couple of weeks here. Uh, Blue Valley starting last week, and, and right away an upset or at least it seemed like one with Blue Valley going down to uh, Blue Valley Northwest. Well, Blue Valley Northwest is one of those teams, and, and you saw it with Blue Valley West a couple of years ago. They were better, but you couldn't tell. If you just looked at wins and losses, you couldn't tell. Last year, Blue Valley West was pretty darn good. Gave Olathe North all they wanted, pushed them to overtime in, the, in a quarterfinal game, and, and, and they finally broke through. Blue Valley Northwest has been getting better under coach Clint Ryder. And he's really, you know, kind of, he came out from yeah. Western Kansas, you know, that kind of thing. And one of those smaller school guys who's, who comes in the EKL, sometimes it, you know, it works. They come in, a Rod Stahlbomber goes to Baser from Lard or, or from, uh, I can't remember the name of his school he was at, but it was like a class 1A school. And he, I mean, he's hit the ground running and, and been great at Baser. You just don't know if that's going to make um, that transition, but Clint Ryder, has kind of grinded through the last few years, got their numbers up. They've got a good quarterback who started now, I think, for three years for them. Um, they really got their weight room Mikey up Pauley, and going. Yeah, good, good player. Uh, yeah, Mikey Pauley. Yeah, and, and I remember last year it was the Blue Valley Northwest team that was at the bottom of the EKL. They then got the playoffs and gave Shawnee Mission Northwest, one of the better teams in 6A, all they could handle in just a shootout game in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you, you have to really, until they finally break through and get some of those wins, it's tough to tell when those teams are actually getting better. And, and you know, that's a huge win for that program. It's the first time they've beaten them since 2013. And uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, uh, Ryan Wallace, the guy who works for Go Paracat, does some stuff for us. We were texting that night when they beat Blue Valley. And I said, so I look back and I go, it's been, it was 2013. He goes, wow, I thought it was longer than that. I go, I know, but there was a little yeah. stretch in there. Well, Blue Valley Northwest was very good early in the decade. And, and um, they were, they were one of those teams that would get in the playoff. Mike Zagunas would, they get in the postseason and they were a tough out on people and, and uh, were beating some teams that they, uh, you wouldn't think they would, but it's good to see Blue Valley Northwest kind of get back up there because they were kind of known as a little bit of the blue collar school along with Blue Valley in that, in that district, um, and then they, I think their numbers just waned down for a while, and that happens. But, uh, no, that's good to see. And Blue Valley, unfortunately for them, they lost Jake Fromm, their outstanding quarterback. He moved to Texas. Chase Johns, uh, the, the, the tailback, didn't come out for football this year. He's a baseball guy. He's going to focus on that. You lose those two guys, and it's tough. I mean, they've, they've had to move some people around. And 
Um, that's just, you just don't know, uh, you know, with everything with COVID. That, that's another guy. J Jake Fromm moved away. Jake and, Wolf. Jake, Jake Wolf. Yes, Jake yeah. Wolf. Uh, yeah. uh, Jake, sorry. Jake Wolf moved away and he, he just slid under the radar because the Arlen Bruce's Mario Sanchez is there. Nobody else. knew. I didn't know. No, nobody knew. It, it had happened about a month ago. I mean, he they moved to Texas, and so yeah, it's uh, it's it's too bad because I had a lot of people. Jake Wolf was a pretty good quarterback last year, and had yeah. going to start for his senior year, and basically started half his sophomore year. So, Blue Valley is definitely down in less than they thought they were going to be, say, two months ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had the Holy War last week, Dion. We had St. Thomas Aquinas and Bishop Miege. The first game of the season for Miege, they jumped right in with Aquinas. And a great game. It was uh, pretty much decided once Aquinas scored there late, but then Miege tacked on a touchdown. But kind of back and forth, it was tied at halftime and, and a good old-fashioned Holy War slugfest. What I like best about it is that St. Thomas Aquinas, they ended the game with 399 total yards. <laughs> They also ended the game with 399 rushing yards. They did not pass for a single yard. They were one for two passing the ball. It was for zero yards. The entire offense was on the ground. I saw uh, this week, I saw Randy Dryling, and I said, had you ever done that? And I knew the answer. Have you ever done that before? He's like, oh, yeah. He told Hutch. me again, 2008, Hutch played Aquinas. Shut him out like 38 to nothing. It was kind of rainy and damp all night. And he said, uh, we, didn't, we didn't pass the ball one time. He goes, if I could quarterback sneak my way to a state championship, I would do it. He goes, it would be boring. <laughs> it would be boring, but the trophy's the same size. Yeah. Right? It's, <laughs> I think they beat Rockers back in like – that's, 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 uh, that's, right that's, that's right on point. I think they beat Rockers like in 2008 or 2009 or 2010 and only threw it one time yep. against a Rockers team that won the state title and then beat yep. them by two Stop or three touchdowns. That game. Yeah. We had a home and home where Rockers actually went to Hutch. Yeah. I went to that game too. So, yeah, no, great opener in the EKL uh, for me, Asia. I mean, a little rusty to start. They, they look like they had, they were a week off and a week behind and uh, they get Rockers this week. And man, that's, that's just going to be, I think both teams, I mean, I think me, the second half of that that game showed okay we're ready to go um had to play a little catch up it, it's always like that you spend all it's like a basketball game you spend all that energy to get it tied yeah and then and then it's tough to kind of unless yeah. you take that lead it's kind of tough to do it and uh, i think that's maybe what they ran into and rock why uh, you know they got a loss to ray peck by eight points they got a loss to bentonville arkansas by four they're they're pretty solid their defense is rounding into form yeah some oh. guy named greg Oder who won a few titles and is a defensive guy as their defensive coordinator. So uh, coach Donahoe, we're going to have him on our show this week. And uh, it's kind of weird. I, I haven't talked to, <laughs> haven't talked to Kelly in a long time. And we were emailing and I was like, I was like, can we get to talk? He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't, I mean, we both live in blue Springs. It's not like, but it's just, it's weird now that he's not at blue Springs. It's I, I just haven't bumped it. I just haven't bumped into him as much this last six months with everything that's been going on. And so uh, definitely going to be interested to see that game. That's, you know, you want to talk Remax big three games? That's on the Kansas side, even though it's Missouri and Kansas school. So, yeah. but it is it's on the Kansas side. I'm, uh, yes. I mean, he's hosting that game with Rocker. So let's get to the other two big uh, three games on the Kansas side: Blue Valley West and Blue Valley Northwest. And that kind of goes to what you were saying about kind of a, maybe a changing of the guard a little bit in the Blue Valley schools. Yeah, and and, and Blue Valley West is coming off a fantastic year. They really have forged an identity under uh, Coach Josh Korkenmeyer. Physical. Uh, they had a huge running back. I think he graduated last year. 
that was just, you know, a big guy who ran the ball hard. But that's what they do, and, and I think that's good. They really are fun to watch. Um, they had some graduation last year, so they're going to be young in some spots. But those are two schools that, you know, a few years ago, a Blue Valley West, Blue Valley Northwest game, uh, you know, if you were limiting tickets, I don't know if you would have gave them, got them all given away. I, I mean, that's the thing. So, uh, you know, it's good to see those two teams going. And I think it's a fun one for Northwest because they've got to turn around and back it up in a physical game. And that's what they need. I mean, you know, that's going to test them and, and keep them going because West is going to be just hungry to play. St. James and Baser in kind of a class four, rather a 4A battle. Uh, yeah, and uh, if you're running the scoreboard, get your fingers ready because really? both, both these teams can score. Yeah. You know, St. James was held out of the end zone the first week, and then they hung 30-some on, on uh, Eudora the next week. Baser can score. Their defense struggles at time. They've given up 60. They've given up 40. and uh, But they've scored 28 points in every single one of their games. They could score too. So I think both these teams are, are definitely going to put a lot of points on the board. And who knows, this could be something that they – see each other again. I mean, 4A is pretty deep on the Kansas side this year. Uh, and so, you know, these are teams that are, you know, there's Miege and, and, and Payola probably right yep. there. And then Tong and Oxy. Tong is probably the next little level. And then there's your Lewisburg, St. James Basers. Um, Spring Hill's not bad. I mean, there's some teams in there that are definitely going to be a challenge uh, as those teams get in the playoffs. On the Missouri side, Smithville takes on Platte County. I was surprised at North Kansas City. Good win last week over the Pirates. Yeah, you know, that what they did defensively, they, uh, they made Platte County make some mistakes. They got a, a pick six that basically kind of swung that game. And, and you know, defensively, I know the coach Utes told me that was one of the question marks he'd had early in the season. You know, that was a unit they were replacing a lot of guys. He goes, and we talked to him like a couple weeks in, he goes, you know, so far so good. They're playing pretty well. But North Kansas City lined it up and kind of ran it at them, and, and, and that's what they can do to you. Uh, and like I said, defensively, they, you know, North Kansas City wanted to shoot out of the week before not uh, playing very well. So Platte County is definitely going to be hungry to come back. Smithville lost week one to Grain Valley, but they've come back and they beat Kearney uh, and they've won three straight. Uh, they're playing pretty well. I, th I think Platte County is probably the better team here. Uh, and, and especially coming off that loss, they're going to be hungry. They've, they won both games last year. They've kind of been the better team. And, you know, if you're Smithville, you don't have to see Platte County in the playoffs anymore. So go out, play hard, see what you can do, stay healthy. And even if you don't get that win, you're going to be a better team on the other side. I'm going to predict that Platt County scores between 35 and 37 points. Yes. 35, 35, 35, and 37. In the yes. So they are good for 35 to 7, 35 to 37 points every week. Five touchdowns. Uh, yes. Good night. Um, Lee Summit West at Ray Peck. It seems like, you know, whether it's Lee Summit West or Liberty, Liberty North or Ray Peck or – Lee Summit North, I mean, just – it's kind of a round robin of these teams facing each other each and every week. This is kind of the, the biggest game of that group this week. You know, it's funny. These these two were huge rivals about a decade ago. I think they still are in a lot of sports. As Lee Summit West kind of came into being around 2004. That's right at the time when Ray Peck was in their heyday, winning state yeah. titles. Lee Summit West was class four when they started, and then they bumped up to five, and that's how they measured themselves when they were in five, and they finally got over that hump, started beating Ray Peck and kind of passed them. Ray Peck was the first one to go up to six, you know, a decade ago, and now uh, – and then Lee Summit West followed them, and really uh, Ray Peck is the one that finally broke through and got to the semis last year in class six, and, and now, you know, Lee Summit West has kind of been around those spots, and, uh, you know, this is a spot where if you're Lee Summit West, man – You'd like to wreck that undefeated spot if you're, you know, this is really where you want to do. And and Lisa West is, they've had some good offensive days. They've had some good defensive days. If they, They're going to need to put both of those together <laughs> this week yeah. against Ray Peck because Ray Peck started out, you know, okay, we're going to outscore some people. And then they just held Lee Summit North 
scoreless for pretty much the entire game last week. They got a late touchdown to make it 25-7. And then lastly here, it's um, Carney taking on a 4-0 Grain Valley, kind of sliding in under the radar here, but the Eagles have got a nice start to this season. Yeah, Cole Keller, they're, they're an outstanding quarterback. You know, of course, he leads them in passing, but he leads them in rushing as well. Uh, and that says a lot right there. And he's, he's a dual threat guy, but he's big. He's like 6'5". You know, looks the part of the passer that can really move uh, well outside of the box as well. So, you know, if you're Grain Valley, you're now the hunted. Carney's the hunter, yep. which is a weird thing for them. Yeah. And now with Grain Valley being up in five, you know, they've got to take care of some business. They've got a game with Raytown in a couple of weeks. It's going to be a big one. And they're going to be asked to kind of prove who they are and, and put their medal out there. But Carney's a, a, is, is a good team, and their only two losses are to Black County and Smithville. So, you know, I, I, think, that, I think that Grain Valley is the better team here, but they, they've got to be careful and not get caught up in the fact that, like, hey, we're in the top five in class five. We were first time in, and we're already – you know, they can't, they can't look at it like that. But, though, no, these are good teams. And, and, you know, Grain Valley broke through and beat them last, last year. It was the first time they beat them. Uh, so now they got to back it up and, and see if they can do it again. Absolutely. All right. Any final thoughts? Our time's about up here. Well, I tell you, you know, we're, you know, on Sunday sound off, we talked about this. We're in week five and I had plenty of people tell me we'll go three, four weeks and everything would shut down. Um, so not only is our things not getting shut down, schools that were all virtual are starting to, you know, go back to um, letting kids either or their hybrid, you know, I know in independence, they're bringing their seniors back full time. Uh, Lee Summit's looking to bring some of their kids back hybrid. Uh, Blue Valley schools are, you know, so the, the, the situation is improving and that's a testament to people taking care of themselves, doing what they need to do, but also school districts having protocols and put in place. And uh, which made me laugh when the Kansas city health department guy said, well, the chiefs have protocols and they, they have the manpower to handle it where schools don't. That's why you shouldn't be playing high school football. That's stupid. That's is. stupid is what it is. Because if you have not, that's a guy who's never walked in a school or worked in a school and not known that, oh my gosh, there are protocols everywhere for everything you do before there was COVID. Uh, you and I are both married to teachers. My God, it's a paperwork nightmare. Right. I, I would never survive in that, in that atmosphere of just having to know all the rules and things like that. So uh, it's, I think we are barreling towards playoffs on, in both sides of the state line. And um, I, was talking, I was talking with Jason West earlier. I had a, a media guy ask me last week if we were planning some sort of regional championship when the playoffs get canceled. And I was like, what are you talking about, man? I said, we're going to playoffs. Yeah. I said, we're going to get there. I said, we're in week five. We're probably every bit of going to week nine. And then once you get to week 10, you, you naturally lose teams at that point, yeah. whether or not there's COVID. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, I think it's, you know, I said like, it was kind of my parting thought on Sunday sound off. And I think that's really the, the, some hats off. There's their situations, their spots, teams yeah. are having to cancel that we're going to, we're going to see that all season and that's the way it's going to be. But, I never. I thought that we'd never even think about basketball or wrestling. Still don't know about wrestling. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm start, starting to think that maybe we, we may have some sort of a winter sports season. So hopefully we do, and and we can keep doing this podcast for another ten weeks, knock it out, and uh, we'll go from there. Awesome. For Dean Clouseau, I am Mick Schaefer. We'll see you next time right here on Snap Tackle Pod.